Is it possible for all the animals to fit on Noah's Ark? Find out today on In Grace. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Today on In Grace, we are going to have an adventure. We are going to take you to the full-size ark, yeah, Noah's Ark in Kentucky. That's where it landed after the flood. No, no, no. But that's where they built a full-size model of Noah's Ark. It's the right size. And once you see it, you will be blown away. So we're going to take you on an adventure today, and you can use your imagination as I walk in this massive, massive boat, and we are given a tour by none other than Bodie Hodge. You say, well, I don't know who Bodie Hodge is. Well, he is the son-in-law of Ken Ham. Ken Ham is the one that founded Answers in Genesis, the Creation Museum, and this incredible Ark Encounter. So if you would like to go on this tour, come along with your mind today, and you're going to be able to hear us talking about how it was built, uh, how there was enough room, how did they have enough food, you know, all of these questions that people have. And, and sometimes people have used criticisms of the story of Noah and the Ark to discredit the Bible. But after you hear what we're going to talk about today, you're going to see, well, hold on a second. This all is very plausible, very possible, and therefore you're removing a lot of barriers that people are uh, supposedly having to to believe the Bible and to believe the truth of the Bible. So this is going to be really, really, really fun today, and I can't wait to take you on part one of a tour of Noah's Ark. Now, I know one thing for sure you're going to want to see this as well as hear it. So we have the full four-part Tour of Noah's Ark video for you. Uh, for a gift of any amount to Ingrace, we're going to thank you by sending you this full four-part video series. And this is much more than you're going to hear today. It's much more than you're going to see on our YouTube channel or see on our TBN show, Ingrace you're going to get a lot of great material. And a lot of the things, it's not just about the ark that we cover in the series. We're actually going to be talking about the, the flood layers, the geology of the flood. We're going to talk about uh, creation and evolution. How do we know for sure that we didn't evolve? Uh, you know, how, how did they fit all the animals on the ark? Uh, we're going to talk about things like even language coming out of the Tower of Babel. So all of this is available on this full four-part video series, A Tour of Noah's Ark. So I'd like to send it to you as a thank you for your generous gift to Ingrace. When you give money to Ingrace, your gift is going to be used carefully and wisely so that more people can hear the gospel. And then we're going to thank you by sending you A Tour of Noah's Ark, either by DVD or digital download. Now, some of you want to give more than just, let's say, 20 or $30. You want to give $35 or more? We're going to say thank you, thank you, thank you. We're going to give you two more videos, not just the tour of Noah's Ark. We're going to give you a video called A Walk Through the Creation Museum with Ken Ham. And that's powerful. And then a third video you really want to watch. I'm jumping off a boat into the depths in the Keys with a marine biologist who's a PhD. His name is Dr. Robert Carter. And we, we go underwater and we explore all these 
beautiful, incredible creations of God. And it's a four-part series. You're going to get all of this for a gift of $35 or more. So allow me to send these to you as a thank you for your gift to In Grace. And this is how we can continue to bless people, to encourage people, to allow you the, the word of God to grow, and the gospel is always presented in a clear way through In Grace. So how do you get this? Well, you can call us at 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or you can go to our website, ingraceradio.com, ingraceradio.com. Some of you would like to write to us. Our mailing address is ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Again, in Grace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. We'll repeat all of that in a moment, but let me encourage you to contact us to get these great creation resources. One last thing before I go. Speaking of creation, we're going on a Creation Alaska cruise this summer. So if you want to come along with us to tour the beautiful coastline of Alaska with a creation speaker, Bruce Malone, let me encourage you to get the brochure at ingraceradio.com. Click on travel. And while you're there, check out our tour to Israel coming up in February. Just call us 800-78-GRACE or go online ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Skeptics of the Bible say it's full of fiction and fable. They use Noah's Ark as an example of this. They say there's no way the Ark was big enough to fit all the animals. But today, we're gonna challenge those skeptics and prove the Ark was quite big enough, just as the Bible says. We're gonna be given a tour by Bodie Hodge, the son-in-law of the founder of Answers in Genesis, Ken Ham. Bodie has a master's degree in mechanical engineering and is a writer, speaker, and researcher. So come with me on a real adventure and tour the full-size arc on InGrace. Walking in an arc, pretty cool. And yeah. Bodie Hodge, tell me a little bit about this the structure. Okay, well, as we walk into the arc, we're basically getting a cross-section of what the the outside to the inside of the ark would look like. How do they put all that together? You know, the, the Bible says that the ark was made out of gopher wood. And of course, we always joke, well, what is gopher wood? Well, you go for wood. But actually, a lot of people think, a lot of researchers particularly think it's a, a style of how they put the wood together. I uh, think of pressed wood or plywood, something very similar to that. If you look closely at some of this, what you're seeing, you're seeing different elements and aspects of the wood, wood trunnels and things like that. What happens is, when this wood is put together in such a way and it starts to get wet, it actually expands and makes a really tight seal. It is a phenomenal system. So it's probably the way the wood was worked, being gopher wood as opposed to a particular type So of tree. it's a building style or an engineering technique. Correct. So the size of the structure was given by God. Correct. Right? And to use the gopher technique. Yeah. Three stories, one door. But other than that, there would have been latitude and Noah's right. hiring shipbuilders to right. figure out what different parts of the structure would be like. That's exactly right. You know, the Bible gives us very few details, 300 by 50 by 30 in cubits, and a cubit's about a fingertip to elbow. A shorter one was about 18 inches. Uh -huh. Your longer or your older cubit was about 20 to 21 inches. Okay. We're using the older cubit. A 
lot of arcs, you see something along the top middle, and people say, well, what's that? Uh, that's actually the window. That Hebrew word that we translate window, it's the Hebrew word sohar. And it means noon or midday, something that goes along the top middle that allows in lighting and ventilation. We do the same thing when we build houses nowadays. You have a ridge vent. And again, they would have had that technology because they were smart. They had That's shipbuilders right. back in Noah's day. That's right. And they would have used the technology of the day, obviously sticking with the guidelines that God has given, the right. length, width, and height, and the three levels. Right. One door, other than that, yeah. it would have been open to whatever would have worked the best. Right. This is the number of animals that uh, our ARC researchers have that would have fit on board Noah's Ark, that they would have uh, done for those realistic numbers, but still maximized. And uh, what they have is about 1,398 animal kinds, and they translate that to 6,744 actual individuals on the ark. And of course, that's a maximum number, it's probably far less than that, but it shows you how they could have easily fit the different types. There's a lot of detail just right here in this. Certain animals, we can't tell if they interbreed. For example, dinosaurs. Dinosaurs were created on day six, they're land animals. Yep. Flying reptiles like pteranodonts and pterodactyls, they were made on day five. But those animals are land dependent, they would have been on board the ark. So we include those kinds on the ark, but then we try to maximize those numbers just based on what, what we can research. So when we maximize all the numbers, here's what we decided to do. When it was all said and done, we had about 7,000 animals on board the ark. And that is an extreme figure. It was probably potentially less than half of that. Huh. So that's what we put here on the ark. For example, the number of dinosaur kinds, we have a maximum of about 85 kinds. It could have been as low as 36, but we don't see them interbreeding. So we're using the maximum. So you're going on the high end of everything. Correct. And what did you find? We found they would easily fit. In fact, they would fit on one deck. Wow, wow. So show me around. We're seeing all these different cages. Correct. Looks like you have uh, water and That's uh, right. food. Let's take a look at some of these. You know, we, we tried to design some of these cages in different sizes. You got small ones, you got medium, you got big. You know, why would Noah have to design each, every one out for every single kind? Let's do some standardized sizes. It's easier for them to build, manufacture, and that sort of thing. They probably thought through that. You have some automatic feeding systems, some automatic watering systems. So. You put these on, not a problem. Now, with a lot of animals, why take the great, big, huge ones? Why not take the smaller ones, perhaps the juveniles? Old enough to live and on their own. And if God is sending the animals, That's he right. could have sent the ones that would have the most genes still intact. Correct. For interbreeding later Correct. on. But also the, the smaller ones, for instance, a dinosaur, an yeah. elephant, or whatever, a young one. A young one. Less food, less space, less waste. Those are all advantages on board the ark. Other things you might notice, when they use the restroom, <laughs> go to the bathroom, it all comes down and accumulates in certain areas to make it easy for them to go along here and clean all this up. Now, in some instances, they may not have done that. They might have just had like a drop floor with some hay under there. Because you got to think, they're only going to be on board the ark for about a year. I grew up on a farm. You know, we clean out the chicken house about once every two years. So in some cases, they may not have I bet that was a fun anything. job, by the way. Oh my goodness, it was, that was a horrible <laughs> Or thing. you could stick some sort of a composting worm or something in there as Correct. well. And yep. that almost take right. care of itself. Right. Huh. And, uh, you know, See, so, that's, so that's, that's where people are criticizing the Bible, saying there's no way they could have cared for all the animals. Right. There's no way they could have, all the animals could have fit. Right. But you've actually gone through and thought through all of these problems and criticism, yes. and you have an answer that is logical. Right. This place is so cool. You've got to come right. to see this place. Now, what's interesting, the Bible says the dimensions are 300 by 50 by 30. And so automatically people think, oh, well, it's just a it's just One a big rectangle. Well, that's not cube. necessarily the case. You know, I mean, you, the overall dimensions of a Corvette are length, width, height as well. That doesn't mean it's a box. And so 
what we noticed was, you know, well, how, how much do you round those off? Well, it's a ship. You'd think you'd round it off normally. It has uh, no propulsion, but correct. you do want it facing into the waves. Right. So there's certain design features that you would have built that's exactly that would have kept right. it when you saw the arc. Correct. That's right. When you saw the arc and you came in, you saw a bow fin. Um, you know, you, you see there, there's like a front portion to just grab right into the water. Underneath, we actually have a keel. There's a number of features that were built into the arc because a lot of ancient ships had those features as well. For example, you want Noah's Ark to ride into the wind and the waves. If the wind and the waves are coming, you want it to ride into it. Now it's going to get pushed along, even though it's facing into it. Now you put a box-shaped arc out there, and you put it out there, and it sometimes flips over. And you cannot so have you, you a capsized That's arc. right. You don't want a capsized Because you arc. and I were on the ark through our ancestor, <laughs> that's Noah. Right. Yeah. So by having that bow fin and, and different things to grab the wind and the waves, what happens when we did experiments, Tim Lovett put these out there, it would actually ride itself by doing that. Because you're right, it doesn't have a sail. It doesn't have a rudder. It doesn't have uh, you know, propulsion or a propeller or anything like that. So they had to be able to use the elements to be able to deal with those. And that's part of the natural design of this. That's fantastic. How many animals could fit on Noah's Ark? Did the flood really cover the entire Earth? If you're wrestling with the answers to these questions, look no further than Ingrace's exciting video series, A Tour of Noah's Ark, where Jim Scudder walks through the amazing Ark encounter in northern Kentucky with Bodie Hodge, the son-in-law of Answers in Genesis founder, Ken Ham. This incredible series will be yours as a thank you for a gift of any amount to Ingrace. And when your gift is $35 or more, you will also receive two more video series, a walk through creation with Ken Ham and exploring God's oceans. Or get our entire eight series creation bundle for only $100. Don't miss out on this exclusive opportunity to learn about a young earth and explore the beauty of God's world. Call now, 800-78-GRACE or order on our secure website, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. So you have all the land animals, uh, anything that has the breath of life. You have the cattle, you have the dinosaurs, you have mm -hmm. certain insects, flying. Yeah, yeah we would have land-dwelling, air-breathing animals on board. These things that are basically land-dependent. Birds, for example, were sent on board the ark. Uh, yeah, they can fly around. They don't need the land all the time, but they got to rest at some point. Right. So, uh, you know, you have to make a judgment call on some of that. At the 150th day, when all the animals had died that had the breath of life in them, it says the breath of life in their nostrils, they're also called flesh. So certain animals, you know, fit that description, certain do not. Um, I know insects is one of those ones that, you know, some people put them on the ark, some people not put them on the ark. But insects being small, it's probably inconsequential. That's right. So they would easily fit on board the ark as well. With all the food and water storage that you have represented, mm -hmm. right? And you can did see you, that. Look did you there. represent all of the food and water they would need, or are you just showing examples of how they would have done it? Now we have to remember when we built the Ark Encounter, it wasn't just like we were building an, an exact replica of Noah's Ark. This is what it was like. Let's squeeze through all these spots. It was a tourist attraction as well. So you're you're seeing samples of all this, these big open aisleways where people are standing and walking through, yeah. that would have been taken up with some of that space. Sure. So we're giving you a taste of what it's like. But with the calculations, uh, the majority of that stuff would have easily fit on board. And the big day. question everyone has, if you have a huge flood in Kentucky, 
what happens That's, to this thing? That is the question right there. Well, it is built as a boat, but at the same time, it's built as a permanent structure. It's not going to release and float up. We actually have three big towers behind it that house the bathrooms, house the emergency exiting, and so forth. So it's actually anchored to that. So it's a modern building, fire sprinkle, Correct. all that stuff, emergency exits. It's an attraction, but it is in the construction right. technique that you would expect a ship to. Occur. Correct. It's the largest timber frame structure in the world. It is fascinating as you go through it. So we're getting to an area that has dinosaurs. Uh, is this is, a popular area for it is. especially kids? Well, you know, even for a lot of adults, because they don't know how to understand dinosaurs from a biblical viewpoint. Right. You know, how often in church do we actually talk about dinosaurs? Right. You know, I grew up in church, went to Sunday schools, and we rarely talked about that sort of a subject. So, you know, when they see this sort of thing, they're like, okay, dinosaurs in the ark, it's, it suddenly gets their mind thinking. Because we've been influenced heavily by our culture to separate man and dinosaurs out by 65 million years or whatnot. And of course, you know, if you actually start with the Bible, God created everything in six days, which is not a problem for an all-powerful God. We need to remember that. He creates land animals on day six. He creates man on day six. So you have, according to the Bible, mm -hmm. as taken literally as a historical yep. record, man and dinosaurs are living at the same time. At the same time. And that surprises people because they've just not thought through those issues. Because, like I said, we've been influenced by our culture. We went to the, the state schools, we've been to the state museums, we see it in state media, we see it in cartoons, you know, we see it all over the place where these things are supposed to be separated out from us. But, you know, if you look historically, people didn't question that creatures like dinosaurs or dragons or some of these, these land-based creatures lived at the same time as man. You know what's neat is you, you're looking at the same evidence, the same fossils, the same glacier deposits. Right. But with a biblical worldview, you have a different starting point and a different mechanism that really does fit what you're finding a lot better. Right. I think it makes sense of the world a lot better it really than does. the secular view. Very impressive. We're just now getting to some of the bigger cages to give you some examples of that. Here we have the bear kind. Uh, various bears can interbreed with each other. I know it kind of shocked the world when they saw grizzly bears and polar bears interbreeding, but we expected that sort of thing and they can catch the waste down below and cart that out if, if necessary. But all the bears that we have today are the descendants of the two bears on board Noah's Ark. So it helps you understand a kind. We're in a culture where a lot of people want to confuse species with kind, but species is more of a modern derivation. And so we see a mismatch with two different right. definitions. So yeah, someone says there are all these species, right. which really there aren't. You would say that would be the bear right. species of the bear kind. So black bear, right. polar bear, Grizzlies. Grizzly bear, yeah. right? Now, that's another question. People ask, how could a polar bear, let's say, survive on an ark when it's not cold? Well, actually, polar bears like it when it's warm. <laughs> we have some polar bears up here in the Cincinnati Zoo. They, they do great in the warm weather. Uh, what it is is their pelt color actually gives them an advantage in the polar regions where it's cold and snowy and icy and that sort of thing. And that's an example of what Darwin saw as natural selection. Correct. He, he just interpreted that as changing from kind to kind, but we never see that anywhere. Right, in what's, what's interesting history. about, yeah, what, what's interesting about natural selection, natural selection was actually developed by a biblical Christian uh, about 25 years before Darwin. We even have examples or, with Darwin's handwritten notes on his papers. So what it is, is he was trying to explain how we get this variation of kinds. They come off the ark, they go to different parts of the world. For example, some animals go where it's cold, they're not designed to live where it's cold, so they're gonna die off or move away. The ones that can still survive in that cold, they're left there. The ones with the longer fur, or in the case of polar bears, with the white fur. It actually uh, makes it an advantage. They're gonna last longer. That's right. 
Now, I want you to notice this is not an evolutionary change. This is bears changing into bears. You just have variation in the bears. Yeah. We see variations in dogs all the and time. And that was already built into the genes Correct. of that animal. Correct. And some will actually yeah. adapt Correct. based on their surroundings. That's right. And these are not evolutionary changes. When you think of an evolutionary change, think of a single-celled organism like an amoeba that has to then change into a bear. It's gonna to have to add information for eyes, for a circulatory system, for skin, for bones. It's gotta add that information. That's not what we're observing. What we're seeing is pelt color changes or height, smaller, shorter, wider. Those things that would be explained as right. variety that got built into the original animals, all these Correct. varieties. Correct. And we would even see it in, in humans. That's like, right. Like uh, we don't look identical, <laughs> right, you know? Right. Size, uh, you know, all of that right. stuff, there's variations but we're still mm -hmm. one kind. That's right. And we have that variation and there's beauty in that variation. And sometimes we're in a culture where people want to take certain variations, separate them out. Hey, humans are a great example of that. We've had people say, well, you got this race of people, this race of people, and they're doing it based on certain physical characteristics. We can all interbreed with each other. You know, as humans, yes, we have variations, but it's not different races. There's one race, the human race. And well, I think that's important. Evolution is really racism, I think. And, and some people have taken mm -hmm. that eugenics was yep. built on Darwinism. Correct. And so, so did Hitler and, and others use yep. eugenics right. to try to create the, the master race. That, so it really does come back to yeah. uh, a wrong interpretation of exactly. the world. Right? Exactly. And it's trying to take God out. Yeah. And so that we have to explain it in some other way. Yeah. Well, evolution took that place. That's right. Charles Darwin's book, uh, The Descent of Man, his second book, he's famous for Origin of Species. His second book was Descent of Man, where he's looking at human evolution. He actually lists a multitude of human races, and he went so far as to say the Caucasian race was basically the superior race and they should exterminate the others. And I mean, when you have that type of an idea that comes out of an evolutionary worldview where people are changing, multiple races, uh, survival of the fittest, that. I'll tell you what, that influenced far too many people in a horrible way. Mm. You know, when we get back to the Bible, God made one race, the human race, Adam and Eve. We're all descendants of Adam. We're all descendants of Eve. We're all sinners. We're all in need of salvation no matter what we look like. That's a beautiful message, right? That there. is beautiful. And that's really what will destroy racism. Yeah. Is what you just said. Yeah. We're all humans. Yeah. We're all sinners. Jesus died mm -hmm. as a man, God man. He died for yeah. our sins. And that blood payment for sin is for all people, yeah. not just for That's right. white, brown, black, you know, because right. we're really one. We're one people, one right. race. Yeah, we're different tribes, we're different nations, but we're one people. Next week, we'll continue this incredible four-part tour of Noah's Ark. But first, let's answer life's most important question. The Ark is one of the most beautiful pictures of salvation. It's a picture of safety. It's a picture of security. There was a judgment that came upon this earth that killed everybody. There's another judgment that's coming. There's a judgment for each person that rejects God, rejects God's love. This ark was a picture of God himself who was going to come and to save the world from sin. There's a door, and once you go in that door, you're safe. God closed that door. Jesus said that I am the door. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I believe you know what I'm saying is true. I think it's resonating with you because we're looking for salvation. We're looking for hope. You're trying to find hope in every other place in the world and you're not finding it. 
there is hope found in Jesus. So if you'll simply trust in him, the Bible says you will have right now everlasting life. It's not by works, it's by faith. Let me show it to you this way. The Bible says that all of us have sinned. We've fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone that died in this flood deserved to be separated from God in hell. But Jesus, who knew no sin, was made sin for us. Jesus, the Son of God, died on the cross and rose again. And anyone who will simply believe in him has eternal life. That's good news. The door is open now. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. How many animals could fit on Noah's Ark? Did the flood really cover the entire earth? If you're wrestling with the answers to these questions, look no further than InGrace's exciting video series, A Tour of Noah's Ark, where Jim Scudder walks through the amazing Ark encounter in Northern Kentucky with Bodie Hodge, the son-in-law of Answers in Genesis founder, Ken Ham. This incredible series will be yours as a thank you for a gift of any amount to InGrace. And when your gift is $35 or more, you will also receive two more video series, A Walk Through Creation with Ken Ham and Exploring God's Oceans. Or get our entire eight-series creation bundle for only $100. Don't miss out on this exclusive opportunity to learn about a young earth and explore the beauty of God's world. Call now, 800-78-GRACE, or order on our secure website, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on InGrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. InGrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in next week as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.